You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects and generate content and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Matthew Kaplan. Matthew is Senior Content Marketing Manager at Maloco, a machine learning platform that helps businesses unlock their unique first-party data. Matthew, thanks so much for making time to be on the show. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me on. Looking forward to our conversation. So we're going to talk today about interactive content experiences. Before we dive into that, can you just say a little bit about Maloco and what unique first-party data is? Yeah, so Maloco is really a machine learning company that's using really unique technology to solve some of the biggest problems that are facing digital advertising today, whether that's in helping companies launch retail media platforms, helping mobile apps find users, We firmly believe that technology and especially machine learning and deep neural networks are needed to help these businesses see success in an ever-evolving ad tech landscape. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Thanks. I just wanted to make sure our listeners kind of understood where what you guys do and where you're coming from. So interactive content experiences. Let's just start with what, what that means, at least from your point of view. What is an interactive content experience? Yeah, I think so much of of B2B content especially has been very static and one-sided. So anything from a typical blog post, an ebook that's hosted as a PDF, it's typically there's something that's uploaded onto the screen and then you're supposed to kind of consume it. And it's a very sort of one-sided affair. You know, you, you as a content marketer, you're creating this content and certainly you'll have some analytics that, that help you determine how it's being engaged with, but it's a very static experience. Even a video, I, I think, you know, is is great content. And I'm a big fan of video content, but it's still a very sort of one-sided experience. You know, you hit play and then you sit there as a as an end user, as a consumer of that content. What I see as interactive content is more we have so much great functionality within the digital ecosystem that we all function in, right? Like we're not publishing a newspaper or a magazine more often than not. And there's so much of that functionality that we don't really bring to bear in our content. And I think this is a huge missed opportunity because it it gives you as a content marketer the opportunity to develop pieces that you know are going to really engage your audience. And you're able to allow them to have some control over how they're consuming the experience you're giving them the opportunity to really engage and and not in a very active sense and not just in a a passive reading or viewing sense. So really what I see as interactive content is anything in which the, you you as the consumer of that content need to be involved in, in moving the story along. You know, even if it's something as simple as, as thumbing through a slideshow, um, you know, as opposed to say scrolling all the way up to more like video game like experiences. That's really what I am talking about when I talk about interactive content. Okay. And as I take it, the kind of the argument for interactive content is that it's more engaging than the kind of more static content that you were describing. Is is that where the value lies? 
I think so. I think a lot of it is in, there's a lot of static content out there and I am very guilty of producing a lot of static content. I have written many blog posts, white papers, infographics, et cetera, in my time. And there's a lot less interactive content that's produced. Now, there's uh, many reasons behind this, of course, but it really is an opportunity to stand out from what probably your competition is doing and to really ensure that your user is, is actively reading, you know, especially on the blog side, a lot of blog posts that are, are written can be hugely impactful, but often that kind of content is skimmed, not read. With interactive content, you can be much more confident that the content you're producing is actually being sort of fully in, engaged with and that it's the, uh, you know, whoever you're looking to target is, is really able to, to take in your, your messaging because they have to self-select through the entire experience. Okay. So in order to consume the content, the, the user has to kind of be inside it. And as you said, self-select, making choices about where to go within the content. Exactly. Okay. So give me an example of what that looks like. You, I think you mentioned maybe a slideshow that you thumbed through, but let's get more in depth on that. Like what's, what would be a kind of ideal example of this kind of interactive content? Yeah. So I will give some shout outs to, I think, kind of two different companies, I think, produce really fantastic interactive content. So one is a company called Growth Design. It's a small sort of design consultancy business based in Montreal. And they do a lot of it. It's a very simple format. It's really much just like you thumb through using the arrows to get through the content. But I think it, it uses visuals and links in a way to really tell the story that you, it, in a way that's much more interactive and much more visually interesting than what you would see if that same content, you know, same high quality written content, same high quality analysis was just in say a blog post or a PDF. And they do some, I think some really fantastic work. Another company I think has done some really great work is MailChimp. So MailChimp has actually invested in developing sort of mini video games, if you will, and kind mm. of like the, the classic sort of scrolling type video games, you know, for, for those that remember some of the early video games of, of the 80s or 90s. It's kind of taking that format and, and being very playful. Obviously, that's very on brand for, for a company like MailChimp, mm. but they've had a chance to produce a number of these and, and I think does a, a really great job of that. Okay. So, I don't, I haven't seen those actually. I'm curious to check them out. Can you say a, a little bit more about these, these games? So a game is obviously interactive, right? And in, insofar as you're like playing it, how are the games, but I'm assuming they're not just for fun. Like they have marketing value for MailChimp as well. So like, how does that part work? Yeah. So typically there's, so if I remember correctly from the MailChimp example, it is a very fun experience, which mm -hmm. I think is okay. And I think is something that probably a lot of B2B content does need more of, right? Like mm -hmm. we're still talking to people. If you can add that element of, of joy and surprise to your content, I, I think that's of huge value, even in a the driest of, of B2B subjects. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. So one of them is it's supposed to be like a, like the main character is delivering newspapers. And I think part of the, what they're hoping to, to gain is this idea that, you know, we've kind of evolved beyond having to throw newspapers and, and physically distribute physical papers to, to get your message across. Instead, you can use MailChimp to send emails, mm -hmm. which is preferable. 
So that's part of it. Typically, I, I've seen instances where you have to enter your email address either before or after or during the, the content consumption process. And so that's often where the it sort of fits in is, is not only are they generating awareness for the content, but then they're capturing a, a soft lead and an email address that they mm -hmm. can then follow up with later. Um, and I think even including it sort of later on is a great idea for it, right? Because you can use the content itself to to hook the reader, to, to generate interest. And then once they have a chance to see your perspective, you know, then you can say, hey, like we can provide these kind of services for you. You know, let's be in touch. And that kind of call to action makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So something like, you know, coding a game, even a simple game, is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. At least, at least for somebody like me, you know, like if, if it, it, you would need resources to do that. And, and this sound like, even though this kind of content, I think is probably sort of in its infancy, right? Right. And there we'll see more and more of it, but like for, can you think of examples for a content team that's like, okay, yeah, we want to do interactive content, but we have, you know, limited budgets, limited time. Are there ways that you can do this kind of simply, you know, with the resources that you have to make things more interactive? Yeah, I think that's a, a really great point. You know, I am a content team of, of one. And while we, we do have a great content marketing agency that we work with, you know, it's, it's not like I have all the resources and all the time in the world to spend, you know, building out the, a video game that someone can play on a PS5, for yeah. example, right? So I think that is a really good point. I, a great place to start, I would say, is probably going to be quizzes. You know, if you, every, I think every major social media platform has a, a built-in quiz. Google Forms is is great in a pinch, you know, if you need something quick and easy. And quizzes perform really well. We mm -hmm. at Maloco did a quiz earlier this year on, on IDFA. And so Apple has some some privacy changes that have impacted our industry that rolled out in 2021. And we did a quiz saying, hey, if you, you know, test your knowledge, like, what do you really know about these changes? And if you tweet out and or post on LinkedIn your results, you get entered for a raffle to win, you know, a prize package of a Maloko backpack and a few other things. And the combination of the quiz plus the the contest it performed really well for us. Mm. And the quiz is something that's pretty simple, I think, to roll out. There's a lot of basic functionality out there that yeah. you can implement. The other one I would say is I think the, the slideshow format is in a way almost underutilized. Mm. I'll, I'll think a good example, in some ways, I think Instagram really reinvigorated the slideshow because what was maybe a very staid way to state your case in a business meeting has now become a content format that I think most consumers are really used to. They're used to this kind of having to scroll through on the screen to learn about a topic or just to check out memes, for example. And even that simple kind of scrolling motion that you have where you, you have to you know, use your finger to go to the next slide, it's very, very simple interactivity, but it's, it's a very easy way to ensure that you're getting your content seen and just to add a, a little bit of, of interactivity and to help your content stand out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
so that that those are really useful examples i think that there are that you don't have to have unlimited resources to create content that draws draws the user in through that kind of participation you know it makes me think of I'm probably older than you, so I don't know if you remember these, but when I was a kid, there were these choose your own adventure books. And that was a very simple kind of interactive content. You know, you'd read and then it would, it would give you a choice. If you, what should the character do? If you're going to do this, go to this page and so on. And sometimes you'd go and the character would die, you know, and you'd have to go back and make the other choice. But I, that sticks in my mind. I mean, I still remember that. And it was very simple. It was just kind of being a, making a choice. And then seeing what happened, sort of the, the simplest form of interactivity that I think you could probably, I wonder if there's a place for, you know, that sort of stuff in, in digital content. Yeah, absolutely. I love those series as well. For a long time, I've been really pushing to create an, an ebook along a similar format and mm -hmm. one will be released in 2023. So in a way oh, you cool. read my mind a little bit. So, so keep an eye out on maloco.com for that. Oh, cool. Like a choose your own adventure ebook. Exactly. Choose your own business adventure. Yeah. And I think even <laughs> uh, I'll give a, so this is very much a, a credit to my former colleague, Soraya, right? But she had the idea of, you know, you could take that format and you could then extend it one step further into a video game. You know, I'll, I'll give a good, if you take kind of the, you know, N64 was, was the big video game system when, when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. if you take a, you know, like, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, where it's this character kind of moving around in a 3D space. And obviously that plot is a little bit more exciting and enriching than probably anything I would, I would ever write about in a B2B context. But I think if, if you had the time and, and the resources, I think it would be really cool to build out an idea like that, where it's, it's kind of this virtual, you know, target audience member, you know, they have to go to an office or, you know, kind of explore a world. And, and, you know, they can, instead of kind of explaining your, your points of view in an ebook, they'd have to like talk to different characters and different speech mm -hmm. bubbles would come up. Again, this is probably a very expensive and time consuming project, but I think something like that would be really cool. And, you know, I think of the example of, of what Chipotle has done in Roblox of that, you know, they built out a, a simple, a little store and then it's a maze. And I think as, as some of those platforms mature, I think there's opportunities to even use like a, a Roblox to, to build out an experience in B2B. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the audience is there yet. And maybe for, for some brands it is. I think for most in the B2B space, probably not. But mm -hmm. I, I would expect to see many more of those kind of experiences in the future for sure. Yeah, right. And it's sort of hard to predict exactly where this is going to go. But you can, it's fun to just kind of imagine, you know, like a VR, fully immersive VR experience where, you know, you put on the glasses or the helmet or whatever it's going to be, and you're just like in a world and it's designed to educate you about whatever, but it's totally up to you where to go and what to look at. I mean, that could be, that could be pretty cool. Yeah. And I've seen, I remember going to a, a conference a few years ago and they had that for a, a server mm. where you could, you know, they had a virtual server, like a virtual server room. And you put on the the Oculus headset and and you get to, you know, like see how it's set up and, and you kind of learn about the the cooling systems and and the spacing and the the wiring that's in place. And certainly I think if Mark Zuckerberg has his way, we'll probably be in this world in a B2B space before we know it. Yeah, well, he's betting the future of of his company on that, right? 
And they're, you know, in the, like the world of real estate, there's probably this problem. This probably already exists, right? I'm just kind of out of the loop on that, but there's probably VR experiences. It's like you're shopping for a home or office space or whatever to be able to kind of be inside it virtually and take a look around rather than just looking at photos. Yeah. You know, I, I think it'll probably be a matter of time before a webinar is going to exist in yeah. the metaverse through through VR, where it's it's avatars that are explaining a topic as opposed to just video. So yeah, that and, and AR, I think has a lot of really interesting applications. You know, it, it's really, I like how Amazon does it where, you know, instead of shopping, you could kind of see like, well, how big is this pot going to be on my stovetop? You know, maybe there's ways in which you could kind of bring that sort of physical experience if you're selling yeah, I'll go back to servers again. Yeah. You know, you could use an AR experience to see like what it actually looks like in your data center. And I'm sure there, there's many more examples and opportunities there. Yeah, it'll be really cool to see how this transpires. And let's let's make it at 10 years from now. We'll 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 get back on the podcast. I'm I'm sure the podcast will still exist 10 years from now. You heard <laughs> it here first. Yes. Yeah. And we'll and we'll see where things stand. Well, okay. Matthew, how can people connect with you? Yeah, I would say the best way is to reach me on LinkedIn. I'll be sure to include my my link there. So yeah, reach out to me, connect, and love to to chat. Okay, great. We're going to put a, a link to your LinkedIn in our show notes. So folks, you can find it there. Matthew, thank you so much. A lot of really interesting thoughts, a lot to chew on. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, Jeremy, thanks so much for having me on the show. It was great. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.